0: to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I am your host, Harry Simiou, and I am joined in the studio tonight. No dodgy internet connections, no uh, cameras tipping over midway through the conversation. Simon Alavi is with me in the flesh. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. Harry, how are you? Not too bad. Can't complain. Um... Despite people being told to avoid public contact and all that, we've decided to meet up and record a podcast. <laughs> We're pretty confident that none of us have got the virus, and I just think it's 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 really difficult, isn't it, to stay locked inside 24-7 and to not have any contact. I think if it's safe and you just go into someone's house,
1: I think it's all right. I agree. You know, with us Mediterraneans, we... Just gave two kisses rather than the usual. (laughs) The usual (laughs) 15. That's it, exactly.
0: Um, We've been thinking about what type of content to bring you guys. Of course, really difficult times at the moment. And of course, the the safety of everybody has to be the number one. That is the most important thing. At times, it feels, doesn't it, like football is a matter of life and death. But it really isn't. When something like this comes along, it really puts that into perspective. And so we do urge everybody to, to take the advice. Ignore the nonsense we've been talking, but you know, you should be doing all the things that the, the people that know what they're talking about are telling you to do. Um, you know, and, and the people in other countries as well, <laughs> so much exactly. The governments and the doctors of other countries seem to know a little bit more than ours at the moment, but that's another debate for another day. We decided to look back at some of the classic Premier League games, and uh, has been doing some research and he's been looking at his top five Premier League games. We're going to run through them, we're going to share our memories of those games and hopefully you'll enjoy this trip down memory lane. So Alavi, what is your first game, so number 5 in your list of the best Premier League games
1: of all time? Number 5 is completely left field, not many people even remember it. I was 7, 8 years old and I remember it, it was one of my first Monday night football games. But it was the first game where I, I really enjoyed two teams playing that I didn't really know that much about. Um, Blackburn 3, Chelsea 4, September 1998. And just to give you a bit of context, you could see the foreign influence already in Chelsea. Um, the only English players to start were Wise, Lesseau and Mr. Dubry. Whilst Blackburn, they had Flowers, Sutton, Peacock, Sherwood, you know, players like that. Um, Norwegian international Toranje Flo came on as substitute. And... Um, in a roller coaster game really at Ewood Park and and the main thing I remember if anyone wants to go back to it is Ian Dark's commentary the best commentator for me in football and he just said Roy Hodgson is livid he was going mad I've never seen Roy like that I know you're a big uh, fan of Roy I've never seen him go so mad um, at referee Peter Jones and the game really bought over when Lasso was sent off and and Lasso was sent off rightly but Perez wasn't and that was what made Roy Hodgson go so mad. Interestingly, Viali was managing Chelsea and he actually dropped himself for that game for the um, Italian pair in up front of Zola and it would have been Casaraghi, our Italian in your Serie A um, viewers would remember. Um, but Torandro fro like I said, he won the game, came on two goals, 4-3 and Hodgson went apoplectic, absolutely mad, Um, off he went, passed Flowers, great goal and it was one of the best games of football I've ever seen in the Premier League. Strange one though isn't it because you you mentioned there Gianluca Vialli uh,
0: dropped himself, to think that players used to do that, Mm. players used to manage teams and be part of the squad.
1: Well we had a few didn't we, do you remember Hiller at Chelsea as yeah, well. We, we
0: did have a few, but we we Hoddle. don't have that anymore. No. So the more, I guess, the younger football fan, and, you know, we're, we're not talking as if we're old, but, you know, the younger-than-us fan wouldn't probably necessarily remember that, and they probably hear that, and that would probably stand out to them as, you know, something
1: strange. It, it was the one I mentioned that I want people to go and watch because everyone has a game that not everyone loved quite as much or not everyone remembered. You might have a player, Harry, who... Not everyone loved But you really really, You had something You know for A it. favourite Yeah, yeah. Favourite. And that for me was Because of the age as well that, that was a real favourite And that's the only one That would probably Not be in anyone else's list But it's the one I want your listeners uh, And your very loyal listeners To go and have a watch And you're a Roy Hodgson fan And I think you would never have seen Roy like this I am a Roy Hodgson fan He's a very calm and collected character He normally. was livid
0: He does get a bit prickly from time to time In the odd press conference But mm. to see him lose it on the touchline that is something that's definitely worth watching. So if you haven't seen this, make sure you head over to YouTube. Type in the game. Blackburn 3, Chelsea 4, 1998. September. Yeah. September. Um, and you can find that the highlights of that. And Torre Andre Flo got a couple of goals uh, that night. Uh, Gianfranco Zola got one. Frank Leboeuf actually scored from a penalty. Um, and then, of course, from Blackburn's side. There was another penalty as well from memory. Yeah, Blackburn had a penalty of their own. Chris Sutton uh, tucked it away. Um, he also scored... Scored earlier on for Blackburn And then Perez of course uh, Got the goal that was well, Blackburn's third goal Interesting though because Chris Sutton He's a, a name from the past But it is hard to believe when you watch him On BT Sport now talking he a bad absolute player. shit yeah. He was a good footballer wasn't he he was, he was decent Really really good footballer Alavi, number 4, what is your
1: 4th game On your list of all time great Premier League games Number 4, I've gone for Newcastle 4 Arsenal 4 just for oh, you oh how can you do that February 2011 4-0 down um, at home to Arsenal February 5th 2011 um, and it didn't look like the, the Magpies were getting anything out of the game against I think you were title hopefuls in 2011 for a little bit from, from memory the turning point was um did Jury get limped off after 48 minutes Diaby got sent off um a Ironically, for, for pushing Joey Barton on, on the neck to the floor. Um, and Leon Best made it 4-2 after after Barton had given Newcastle just a glimmer of hope. And even at 4-2, Harry, watching it, I'm sure you remember it was a consolation. Uh, a second penalty uh, after yet another Koscielny foul made the comeback even closer. But even with seven minutes to play, no one could quite remember Check. Oh, quite believe, sorry, Czech Teotihuacan scored that stunning goal. No team before has overtaken um, and, and overturned a four goal deficit. I can't remember it happening since to get a point. In the Premier League, definitely not. I can't. I was trying to think whether the. Because uh, I did think about Liverpool Norwich going in, then I couldn't remember what that. But that was just a game of goals and Klopp going mad on the touchline. Don't think that was a four goal deficit to get a point. Um, Harry, I, I wrote down for you the Arsenal team Chesney, Sagna, Koselny. Juru, Clichy, Diaby, Fabs, Seth Fabregas, Walcott, Wiltshire, Arsham and RVP. Would that team beat the Arsenal team now? And what do you remember of that game? What do I remember of that game? I (laughs) remember Great goal. So it was a three o'clock Saturday, this one. Um, I remember
0: it clearly. Yeah, February 2011. It was, yeah, Saturday, 5th of February, 2011. It was a Saturday 3pm kickoff, and it wasn't on TV. So of course, doing the things that we do, we found a a dodgy satellite, and we all gathered uh, a few Arsenal fans together to watch it. And I remember, you know, literally cruising to a three-goal lead inside ten minutes. Walcott scored, Juru, and then Van Persie got the third. Um, Van Persie got the fourth as well. Abu Diaby got sent off, and that was the real big turning point in that game. And. It was really frustrating because he'd been getting sort of that treatment that you associate with the likes of Joey Barton, you know, constantly, you know, kicking him, pulling him, winding the guy up. It was a fair sending off, though, from memory. If you go by the rules now, you'd send him off. It was a fair sending off in the sense that that isolated incident was worthy of a red card. But the problem is with things like that, and what I find really frustrating is when something is going on for an entire game and the referee just, ...turns a blind eye to it or Mm. doesn't see it or whatever you want to call it and then all of a sudden they see everything that you've done and that's what's really frustrating about that game for me but regardless to lose a four goal lead was an absolute disgrace and this was a pretty average Newcastle United side this wasn't a particularly good team from memory... Um, you know, just running through their team, I look at it on the on the screen. The players that stand out to me, maybe Colacini at the
1: back. Kevin Nolan was in the team. Gutierrez. Biden, Gutierrez. Now, didn't the goal, Harry, if I remember rightly, didn't the goal come from a free kick? And Gutierrez, that whole game, had been causing havoc in the box. I believe the goal came from a free kick. And Arsenal failed to clear it, as always. And Teotihuacan smashed it. From memory, that's it was an Arsenal, it was just a catalogue of errors. Yeah, but... You know, it's
0: really, it's absolutely right what you're saying, that it could have been dealt with. But that ball can fall to check Teoté 500 times. No, he's never doing that And he's again. never doing that Never again. heard of since He is never doing that again. And, you know, that was what was really, really frustrating about and really disappointing. But the truth is the damage was done prior to that goal. The, the way that we let Newcastle get themselves back into the game, they got a penalty um, on 68 minutes. And between the 68th and the 83rd minute, the game had gone from 4-0 to 4-3, and then they had the momentum, they had the bit between their teeth, and, you know, Cech Teote pops up with an incredible goal, um, you know, probably the best of his career, I think, without doubt, actually. And, you know, it's just just one of those games, it's a freak game, and I I don't, you know, we look back on it with disappointment, but I think as an Arsenal fan, you can't really, um, you know, you can't really... Be too upset about it now Could happen to anyone And it has happened to Yeah know exactly. it hasn't happened to anyone Sorry <laughs> And also Also it's worth noting That of course Czech Teoté sadly Passed away since Yeah, yeah. Um, And Fox that's That's really family, sad And in that regard It's nice that he's It's nice that he's for, Remembered for, yeah. for something and, Yeah And, and, so and that it, hasn't
1: been done since No Agreed Agreed Moving on to Game number three Mr Alavi it's Game number three I think a few people Disagree with me here Less so than number five, but my game number three is City 2, Liverpool 1, January 2019. And it's not because there was a great comeback, and it's not even that it it was, you know, in April or May. But it's the highest quality. I don't know how well you remember the actual quality of the game. That's when you started to think these two teams are unbelievable. I have not seen a game of that quality. I don't mean entertainment. I mean quality and and standard. So, what year was this? 2000 that was 2019. That was the John Stones um, incident, if you remember. Um, of course, City reignited their title race, um, ending Liverpool's twenty-game unbeaten streak here, um, and it, you know it really became the turning point. Guardiola was very blunt before the game. He said, "Anything but a victory will suffice." The, my main man, Mister Aguero. He, he made the critical breakthrough before Firmino's level uh, on 64-65 minutes. And Leroy Sainer uh, produced for decisive moment 18 minutes from time um, as he collated a sterling pass to fire across Alisson. But for me, that game changed, changed the title. You know... They ended on, what, 97 points, Liverpool? And City ended on 98. And that key moment when John Stone scrambled ball off the line, the data sensor shown a 1.12 centimetre gap between the ball going in and not going in. And even though, even still after the game, Liverpool were in a better position, it was just what that game meant. It's that turning point. It's the momentum
0: shift. It's the there. momentum shift. And if, interestingly, when you look at Liverpool's team on that day, and I know it wasn't very long ago, mm. but when you look at that team, it is pretty much exactly the yep. same as the team that plays now. And so perhaps these experiences and those kind of games almost... Well, like an education for this Liverpool side, and yeah, it's, absolutely. It spurred them on because you look at Manchester City side, and you know, the, the side on that day, Stones and company were the centre backs, of course. Company's gone. Did the Bru- sorry to interrupt, did De Bruyne not play?
1: I seem to remember, like, he they... didn't, he didn't, he so, was on the bench, but he didn't come on. So, I seem to remember that's what impressed me the most. He couldn't play, I believe, an injury or something, and they managed to do it without him. Yeah, of
0: course I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is an, an incredible footballer. Well, player. you said he was the most complete player you've seen I, I, I do genuinely believe that I think he's No, I, I, yeah, In terms I of the, the Premier, Premier League yeah. era And that's not to say he's the best or the greatest Yeah, yeah. But the most complete yeah. in the sense that he can get back and defend He can tackle, he can pass with both feet He can finish He's got incredible vision um, and, and, you know, this I've watched him at the Emirates a few times And I've seen him Hold people off when they've tried to knock him off the ball He's got everything, Kevin De Bruyne A really, really talented
1: footballer Do you see what I mean about the standard of that game? I'm not talking that about a 5-4 thriller or a comeback But the standard of that game was incredible Agreed, agreed And,
0: you know, like I was just saying You, you know, you look at Manchester City's defence that day Danilo at right-back Stones and company with the centre-backs With Laporte at left-back Company has been such a huge miss yeah. for Manchester City. They, <laughs> yeah, both of them. I mean, <laughs> Laporte's back now, and or, well, he was yeah. back and he's picked up another knock. But company,
1: just that leader, they're really, really. And do you know that. who got man of the match in that game? I don't know. Pretty sure it was Fernandinho. Could really sure be. Zobrine. He showed that day why he is up there and, and why that position is still so important in the Premier League. And, and I guess essentially how much Manchester
0: City actually lose by having to play him as centre-back. Exactly. Massive. Exactly. Absolutely massive. that was Would that getting... go in yours? Mm, no, probably not. No. Probably right. not. Any of the three so far go in yours? I think I'm going to take the Newcastle Arsenal <laughs> because for obvious reasons. <laughs> but if you were an Arsenal fan, you can see why it went in. Yeah, I can see why it went in. I can see why it will okay. go down. As... Well, this next one will definitely go in. Go ahead. What is it?
1: You'll never see anything like this again. Aguero! It has to be. And the mic's just playing out. (laughs) Um, Look, it's it's 4 four fifty-five. It's May 13th. It's 2012. 2012. City's hopes of winning a first league title in, what, half a century are on the line here. We've been here before. They've bottled it, relegation in 83 against Luton. And, you know, they weren't expected to lose that game. And, you know, if we go to the start, the game, 37 games in, and all we have got to do is win the game. They're ahead of Manchester United on goal difference. a comfortable goal difference. They just need to lead, win the game. Company leads the side out, booming sunshine, but they know, and the fans know, given the sort of erroneous history of the club, that the nerves won't fade until the league is in the bag. And, and the breakthrough does come. And it's Pablo Zabaleta. A hero A cult hero with his first goal of the season Barely three minutes into the second half And Cissé has not read the script He's rifled into the um, nearest post And Mark Hughes Clearly, clearly, clearly Wants some revenge Obviously he'd been sacked by City What, two, maybe three years prior to that, Harry? And I think it was two I think Was it two? That was Mancini's second season Okay I think. I, I'm... I think Oh yeah, I thought it was three But fair enough Um but yeah, like I said, he hasn't well read the script and an unmarked um, James Mackin makes it 2-1. So City have now got to score two goals. Remember Manchester United were, of course, playing um, Sunderland, Sunderland and elsewhere, Yet yeah. Now, City have got to score against ten men. Let's not forget that because um, QPR had a player sent off. Uh, Balotelli went close, Gekko had went close, but it was Dzeko who... Paid back every single penny of his £27 million transfer fee after 90 minutes. He scored after the 90 minutes had gone to make it 2-2. So we're in injury time, and it's only just been made 2-2. QPR make... And this is the bit that really surprised me, and it's typical cues, it's typical mentality. They make no effort to re- retain possession. I understand the idea of wasting time... Retaining a bit of possession, taking it to the flag, and then maybe giving it up. But don't just boot it straight away. That's the thing. Not against City. And the rest is history. And I've always said, when people talk about Aguero and Kane, and, and they're comparing the two, and, and Aguero and anyone else in the league, take Suarez away, Aguero against anyone else I've seen in the Premier League recently, he's the only one I know you've heard me say this too many times He's the only one who takes that touch He's the only player I I agree I I think Suarez does it as well But Suarez didn't have a long stint in the Premier League Like we discussed in our um, top 11 uh, players in the Premier League In terms of a formation He's the only player Imagine the pressure He takes a touch and that, for me, makes it number two. And that touch is absolutely vital as yeah. well. It is
0: absolutely vital. And the more times you watch it, the more you realise... If he snaps at the first time, he misses. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, because you're almost snatching at the chance. And that is the difference between a cold-hearted finisher who goes into the zone mm. and literally... Blocks out everything that's going on around him, and in those circumstances, Manchester City, the first ever Premier League crown, you know, what an opportunity to write your name in history, and it's as though he just shut off to what was going on around him, where it turned cold as ice. Imagine how calm. And Yeah, exactly, and then took the touch, and bang, there you go. That definitely goes in there for me. Number Um, one, would it be? Possibly number one because of its significance yeah, winning the league um, Yeah, I mean, its significance is, is without doubt You know, it is without doubt the Premier League's greatest game There's not been another title race where someone's won it like that on the last day no. In that
1: fashion So, it's got to be uh, Certainly in be. terms of significance If we were making a significant one, it would have been first But yeah. you asked me to do my top five favourite yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, agreed Unbelievable And Martin Tyler was right. We will never see that again. We might see a change on the last day, but to be 2-1 down in injury time, that's unprecedented. And Darren Maker right, QPR also stayed up. So the whole... I think the whole stadium may have been celebrating. (laughs) Yeah, I think QPR stayed up because
0: of circumstances elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm not mistaken.
0: But, I mean, what a game. What a significant game. And for me... To see Alex Ferguson and his Man United team, well, they,
1: they showed them on the touch. They
0: yeah. looked physically sick, yeah. and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So for me, that's right <laughs> up there. <laughs> Moving on to number two, your one, second number one. Was it number one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we missed one?
1: No, no, no. You've done. Are you sure? We've yeah, done yeah. the two City ones, the Blackburn Chelsea one. You've probably already. I've forgotten. missed the
0: second City one. No, that's what it
1: is on my list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So number one. Unfortunately, we know. We were a year from meeting Harry, so you were only six years old, 1996. It's—I don't. Was it the most entertaining game I've seen? Full stop, or the most entertaining game in the Premier League? That's how entertaining it was. Liverpool four, Newcastle three. You must have seen it since April '96. Uh, United, unquestionably the best team in the, the land, but occasionally the narrative is dominated by two other teams, and and it was the two teams that felt short. Uh, Newcastle hadn't won the league since 1927, and they were mobile, they were playing great football under Keegan, but Ferdinand, Ginola, Beardsley, you know, these players. Uh, Newcastle travelled to Anfield uh, early April, three points behind the leaders, two games in hand, 90 seconds in, and Fowler, one of the most... If not the most gifted English finisher I've seen in the Premier League, nodded home from Stan Collingmore's cross. Um, by the quarter hour, Mark Newcastle were in front. Two goals later, 2 1, a Ginola stroke the second to make it, 2 um, 1 to to Newcastle. 55 minutes in, and your friend Stephen Menham, another great, uh, great player, not so great on the mic, um, <laughs> angled down the right to slip a pass for uh, Robbie Fowler to, to equalise. Two minutes later, Mr. Asperly, I don't remember him. Very controversial characters. Don't know if you remember him, but a great player. He scored a wonderful, instinctive um, strike before Collymore made it 3-3. And the the unbelievable thing was at 3-3, no one wanted to settle. It was like ping pong, up and down, up and down. And another great uh, piece of commentary, I'm sure you've heard it. Collymore closing in, scores the goal. The main image everyone remembers is Keegan. He slumped over the advertising borders in theatrical despair. And really, for me, that was the unique image of the whole decade of our Premier League. It was an unbelievable game. And it's a good thing I'm Mediterranean allowed to stay up at that age to whatever time <laughs> I wanted. Our parents never understand bedtimes because I would have hated to miss that game at uh, nine years old. Unbelievable. Incredible game,
0: I- incredible memories. And like you said, one of the iconic images of the Premier League was that Kevin Keegan moment. Okay. Would I be right in saying, and is it because we were younger... And you always get a little bit nostalgic yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think back to things yeah. Was the Premier League More entertaining then I'm not going to say that was it a better standard No definitely not a better it standard It wasn't that, you know, the, play, the games improved, players have advanced etc But was it more entertaining back then And did the fact that we didn't really have Social media, we didn't have You know so much Bullshit I guess Surrounding the game Did that make football a better place and football something that was more enjoyable. Yeah. It was and more I... pure, wasn't it? It was more pure. That's yeah. the word.
1: Yeah. But I think it's... You enjoy things when you're a kid more as well. I mean, you don't have... like That's all... You know, you don't have any other responsibilities. They stick in your mind more. But it's both. It's both. And also, money wasn't such a big thing, was it? That's the other thing. Yeah, of course. It, it
0: was a completely different world, wasn't it? And And, yeah, like you said, you did enjoy things more when you were younger. But for me... Football just didn't have As much toxicity There wasn't as much anger It was just good Old fashioned rivalry and passion But that's all it was And and that for me made football A much purer and a much More enjoyable thing to be involved with And you look back on those days With great fondness and we'll probably look back On football now in 10 years time And say you know well, football Was better then and it's just that fear, isn't it? That the game that we love is kind of getting taken away from us because of so many different aspects, commercial aspects. The fans are not the priority anymore, and it's just all changed, hasn't it? But it's been an absolute pleasure talking, Alavi. We've been through uh, your top five games of the Premier League years. Do you have some, any? Some absolute crackers <laughs> in there. I'm going to go away and think about it because uh, I'm sure there are some that I've forgotten about that I would throw in there. Um And perhaps we can come back and do another episode where I take you through mine. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back very soon with more uh, Premier League-related content as we look to battle through this period with no football. Uh, We're doing our best to keep you entertained here. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave us a review. And we'll be back very soon with more. Until next time, take care.